Welcome to Getting to Nimble. I'm Bill Smoots, the pastor. And I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician. Join us on the first and third Tuesdays as we explore how to survive and thrive in the 21st century church. Today, we are talking about how to be nimble around the coronavirus pandemic. And we'll try not to freak out too much. <laughs> just a little, just a little freak out. Yeah, we all need to be freaking out a little, I'm afraid. So before we jump into that a little bit about Bill and me, I am a church musician and I have worked all over the denominational spectrum, mainline, evangelical, Catholic. Basically, if they hire organists, I have probably worked for them. And I am a Presbyterian pastor and have served primarily Presbyterian congregations over my time in professional ministry. In recent years, I've been serving as an intentional interim uh, transitional pastor in United Church of Christ congregations. But between the two of us, that gives us like over 50 years of experience. And that's mostly because I'm old and Sarah is not. Well, I was going to say, uh, and I started when I was a baby. So. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> I've been doing true. this for over 20 years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing chopsticks at three for the congregation, and it went from there. Um, and, you know, in all these 50 years, I bet none of us have had to close a church service because of sickness before. I think this is probably the first time. You know, I have, I have seen um, flu concerns where, where, you know, people stayed away from church or we made sure we paralleled everybody uh, as they came into the sanctuary. But I have never seen anything like uh, what coronavirus is doing to us culturally and certainly uh, requiring of us as church leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, last week was surreal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's something else. And I think it's worth mentioning my, my husband is a physician. And, um, you know, he started the week out going like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. Didn't really have time to read the stuff written for doctors. And I'm just reading journalist stuff, which is, you know, I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is a little bit overhyped because, you know, get, get me to click on the article. And then he finally had time. My husband finally had time to like read the stuff written for doctors and was like, oh, okay. And we're keeping your kid home. <laughs> I'm <not> going <laughs> Okay. I, I want to talk just a little bit about the, the pace of change. Um, Cause this really is related to nimbleness. Um, it, it is. I, I, this is, as it's happening, I'm like, well, this is really terrible, but I feel like every time we've ever said, you need to learn how to be nimble because something's going to happen and you need to learn already be in practice. Well, this thing happened. This is, is happening. And this is, this is nimble time. This is it. This is it. So, so last Friday, so this is Monday. So four days ago. And we're I'm putting this episode out on Tuesday. So this is correct. This is correct. Basically real time. So, so I had a, the church I'm currently serving has a large cemetery behind it. And I had a graveside committal service at 1030 AM. And, and I go check into church, talk to the staff, go out and do the graveside, come back in, check in with staff, talked a few things through about Sunday morning and what worship was going to look like and said, I'll see you next week. And then went off to lunch with a, a couple of people. And, and while I'm watching lunch or while I'm at lunch, the TV and the place is on and the St. Louis County executive is sitting there talking about all the new restrictions that are being put on uh, number of gatherers and movement of people and things like that. And I thought to myself, I need to cancel church. 
And, and so I was back home within a half hour or so and on the phone with the council president explaining to him what I thought. And he said, I agree. And, and so within a two and a half or three hour period from when I had just been at church and was planning for Sunday, I was now canceling church and trying to figure out what alternative we could offer for Sunday morning worship, something to push out online. And, and the pace, it, that's just the pace with this. Every time you think you, you, you've got a, a direction decided and, and some solid plans, the next hour, the next half hour can completely change that. It is, it is overwhelming. Last night I was thinking like, oh, you know, we'll probably close for two weeks, maybe a little bit more. And then I woke up this morning and I think this came out on Sunday, but I just saw it. Oh, that the CDC has recommended no gatherings over 50 for the next eight weeks. And I'm going, oh, oh, okay. Well, that's another new thing. It is. It that is that includes bit. Easter. Yeah. It's just, it's stunning. Uh, Holy Week, Easter, it, it's all, it, it's all gone is, is my sense. And, and, um, you know, so maybe now is confirmation and Pentecost gone and, and Holy Holy is Mother's Day. Uh, what, what, what will that mean for us? So this is, this is bringing out a lot of, um, a lot of interesting things I think in the church. I mean, certainly it's bringing out my anxiety. Like, let's just, (laughs) let's just put that out there. (laughs) So like, I put that out there and then say like, okay, we'll leave that aside for now. Um, and, and think, think, uh, think maybe in more helpful kind of ways than just running around panicking. And I'm thinking about two different things. I'm thinking about talking about privilege here. I'm thinking about talking about opportunity and I'm thinking about talking about some strategies around this, knowing that, you know, strategies are only useful in our limited context, but maybe, maybe if, if our, if our listeners like, like me, I don't know about you, Bill, but feeling a little, more than a little stressed about this, you know, just hearing some other people's strategies might be helpful also. Can, I, I agree with that. I just want to stay on the, the, the panic or stress. The, <laughs> you, the, you want to come back to that? I can't, I can't just push it aside so quickly. Well, well, one of the, the realities that you and I are both dealing with for very different reasons is that we are both currently in high risk categories. Oh yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, and mine, mine's a more permanent state now that I'm, over the magic age of 60 and, and have some underlying health issues. Oh, I don't um, think you told our listeners. I'm expecting a baby this summer. <laughs> Yay. Yay. But also I'm immunocompromised and I have asthma. <laughs> so, 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 you know, there, there is a little bit of, of realness to that panic uh-huh. in how do we provide leadership that that's probably going to involve us being out and about some, mm-hmm. um, and and yet be concerned about um, our own health and, and maybe even more the health of those around us that we love if, yeah. if our being out causes us to, to catch this virus. Yes. Um, yes. And then what does that do? And, and another stressor here, like in our own personal lives, is we both have young children in our lives. Like I have a son, you have grandchildren, and, you know, my son is at home. And that's, that sure changes my workflow. Just just saying having a three-year-old three-year-old at home you don't don't do things the same way um and it's a we're we're in such privileged places where you know my my income is not affected by the fact that i am home with a three-year-old it's going to be fine for me personally but it really highlights to me how socially precarious things can be for a lot of people you know my 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 two granddaughters um you know one's public school was just canceled 
for at least two weeks. I'm going to guess it's longer. Um, the, the, the newborn uh, is in a daycare situation. How long will that be allowed to stay open? Yeah. And, and both parents are hourly workers, mm-hmm. uh, hourly wage yeah. earners. Um, and, and my sense is because I have some privilege, uh, and, and my wife does as well, and maybe her work may just be closed down. We may be doing a lot of childcare. Um, and, and I'm grateful that we have that ability, but I worry about all those folks that, that don't have that ability and, and, you know, the folks in our churches that, um, aren't sure what tomorrow is going to, to bring economically um, mm-hmm. and, and their ability to survive long-term may seem pretty bleak. That's a lot of stress to carry and, and, and it's a lot of responsibility for us in, uh, who are religious professionals to, to try and provide some, some care, some spiritual care, but then how does that trip over into more intentional physical care dollars and cents mm-hmm. hands on yeah and, and 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 i don't pretend to have answers to any of these questions i just know that that we've got to be dealing with them yeah and, and i'm thinking especially of all the nonprofits that work in our churches that you know use our church buildings um and so many of them rely on, on volunteers who are older who are now no longer able to volunteer right. and right. so all those all those nonprofits who are feeding the unhoused who are yeah. distributing yeah. diapers, who are doing, you know, absolutely necessary work in our communities, suddenly their volunteer base is is really, really limited because so many volunteers are retired. Correct. Correct. And 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 are going to hopefully isolate themselves. Yes, we hope. Uh, more more than they have thus far. Yeah, yeah. I think um that's that's something we're both realizing is that on on our end as church leadership, we have to be very aware that if we don't cancel, people will not self-police themselves. Correct. And, and, and the, the older members of the congregation may be highest at risk uh, thus far in, in how this virus is spreading are the ones that will show up. Oh, yes. Um, and, <laughs> yes, and, they will. And, and I think it's both out of habit, but it's also out of their, they tend to be the ones who have the most time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, churches is, a, a spiritual home for them, yes, but it's also a hobby, I think. Yeah. A, a, a social place, a very welcome place. Yes. A place where they're heard and, and respected and loved. You know, it's huge. And I, I'm thinking of, like, if I feel this much stress, if I feel this much anxiety as a, you know, relatively healthy person in my 30s, in a relatively well-off financial place, you know, my husband and I are both salaried, um, you know, I'm like, okay, certain things church budget wise might certainly might change in the next year with the thing stock market going where they are, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, just fine. You know, and if I feel this much stress, what must so many people in our churches be feeling? Correct. And how can we, and I, I don't have a lot of answers here, but how can we minister to people in such a fearful time? Right. And, 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 and beyond our congregations, if, if we're going to take seriously the missional, um, push of, of, of being a, a church of followers of Jesus, then we've got to be thinking about this impact on the larger culture, whether there are members or not, and, mm-hmm. and, and what things can we do mm-hmm. um, yeah. to, to, to help, to provide assistance. So I think as we're thinking about this as a potentially long-term, you know, more than, more than a day um, kind of scenario, 
And of, of course, you know, things are unfolding. I, I'm sure this podcast won't, this particular episode won't feel relevant in two weeks. It's going to be all old news. But for where we are right now, I feel like we have to be thinking about like, what do we need to triage? Like, what do we need to do right now? And some of that is around our Sunday worship and filming and what we'll get into those kinds of things. But if we're talking about care and really thinking about people who are in vulnerable populations, to me, that that's like the first triage is right there. Like, how do we make sure that people who are shut in, people who are elderly, people who maybe don't have as much social support within our churches, but then also beyond our churches, like, how can we, how can we be reaching out and love to them right now? Because to me, that's the first the first thing that we have to be doing. And, and, and I know where I'm serving now, we're going to be trying to move to a lot more phone connecting. And, and that's both the people we know need care that we can't go visit uh, mm-hmm. because their facility doesn't want to see us. And we probably don't want to be there either, but, but we can call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, and we're going to invite members of the congregation to, to be responsible for calling as well, whether it's, here's a list of people or, Hey, just check in with the folks you normally talk to on a Sunday morning, yeah. um, because we need that kind of connecting. Um, I'm also aware that we have a population who have parents or spouses or siblings in care facilities and they can no longer go visit them. And, and it's really tender. Uh, I've seen some pictures on social media of, you know, people talking through windows um, or, or, or talking on the phone, but, but there one, one man in our congregation, uh, probably mid forties and uh, his mom's in a, a care facility and, and his Facebook post about the fact that he was saying goodbye to her, uh, won't be able to see her for at least the next two weeks was just heartrending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and those are very real felt needs. Yeah. That and that we're thinking about people who are, you know, the, the relatives of that, but also like, you know, what does it mean to die in a, in, except think of, you know, literally people in hospice, those kinds of scenarios where you're significantly more alone than you would normally be. Yeah. Significantly yeah. more. And, and, and it even to, to, to follow that more to its conclusion, um, we've made the decision that if somebody were to die, um, because we have the cemetery, we would do a graveside service, mm-hmm. um, hopefully just for a small gathering of family, but we yeah. can't do a funeral in the church. Yeah. Um, we can't do a funeral meal. So, so even those things that this congregation has come to know as their, their pieces of comfort in the wake mm-hmm. of a death, yeah. those have to be suspended. And funeral homes, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, well, um, I, I feel like we're going to have like a, a a huge amount of memorial services in, you know, hope, hopefully in a few months and not in many months. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that's yeah. what we're looking at, and and that has pastoral implications. Huge, huge pastoral implications. And what does it mean to counsel, to be with, to grieve with a family when you can't do something like having a a funeral service? Yeah. Or, or maybe you're doing the, the conversation over Zoom like we are this morning. Yes, yes. That, if our audience um, is different, we are in our own homes keeping our distance. That's right. That's right. We're practicing extreme social distancing this yes, morning. Yes, No germs through the Zoom call. Ah. Which, uh, I feel like this happened a couple of weeks ago. I had the flu and you had something else. And we that's right. Call. We're like, we're not meeting up in person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, 
let's let's talk a little bit more about opportunities here. Like we've talked about triage, we've talked about these kind of like first first things first, but I, I feel like there is such a huge opportunity for us as the church, as the global church, to finally be forced into thinking about how are we how are we the capital C church when it isn't us on a Sunday morning? How 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 do, how do we enter the twenty first century? Yes, thank you for putting it bluntly. <laughs> well, but I but <laughs> I, I, I say think, it like it is. <laughs> I, I think that a lot of the churches um, we serve, especially denominational churches, have have kind of had the privilege of not having to enter into. Uh, how do we deal with modern technology? How do we utilize modern technology? And it was fascinating yesterday in particular to watch on social media how many churches that had canceled services found some way to push something out online. A, mm-hmm. It may have just been somebody filming the sermon, the pastor delivering a sermon with an iPhone that they then shared on Facebook mm-hmm. or, or some version thereof. But there was a lot of that uh, yesterday. Uh, and that, I think, is, is good for the church in that how are we going to go back to doing things the old way when we figured out there are ways to maybe more effectively communicate our message to a wider audience. To be a community beyond our Sunday morning hour slot. Correct. Which Correct. Now, not, not saying in person isn't important, but there's so many other ways we could connect. And I, I feel like, so I, I like, I work in, I'm on social media a lot. And sometimes that drives me crazy. And sometimes I'm like, I get back to the why and I'm like, well, why am I here? Because I want to connect with people because I want to serve the people that I want to be serving. Right. And I think that we as churches have to come back to that. Like, how do we serve the people that we're here to serve? How do we actually do that? And you know, if they're not coming to us, we have to go to them. Correct. And if we're honest with ourselves, both the churches we're serving are, are down numerically in significant ways over the last five years, certainly over mm-hmm. the last 10 yeah. or 20 years. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but, but we haven't necessarily changed the format of the message. Uh, yeah. we, we haven't changed the way we deliver the message. And this is, is forcing most congregations that weren't already operating in this way to take a hard look at how we do what we do and, and what's important and where may we need to be putting resources um, and thinking different going forward. I, the, the church I'm currently serving is blessed to have uh, a camera system integrated with the sound system in the congregation. Five of us were able to uh, put on and then put together and distribute a worship service yesterday morning. And as we finished with that process, I looked at this group of us and said, it'll never be the same. We, we yeah. can never go back uh, to, to what was before. That doesn't mean we won't have worship in our sanctuary again someday, but we now have this new tool in our tool bag for how to do ministry that it's, it's incumbent upon us to, to utilize and explore the potential of, um, or, or we're, we're dropping a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the church where I'm working, we have known for at least as long as I've been here that our video and audio is basically crap. 
for our, our we do have a live stream we pay for the licensing and all that good stuff but it's basically crap and you i wouldn't want to watch it um i i, I was uh, sick earlier this year on a sunday uh, first time ever i think that i had to cancel and that, that was when i had the flu and um i you know uh, got in touch with my colleagues and i was like so that was really bad um that was just really bad <laughs> Um, yeah. hear the handbells that's about it um and it's this is forcing us to kind of to, to cope with that and to say like well what can we do that's better i'm bringing in my personal microphone that's a slight improvement um you know we're we're working on filming things just knowing that we have to at least make things so people can actually hear the words right like at that baseline right. level like it doesn't do you much good if you're just and i and i think in the past like we haven't it, the the live stream has never been a high priority because it's like, well, you know, that's just so grandma on the other side of the country can like see their kid, you know, sing in the youth choir or, oh, that's just so that, uh, you know, someone in the church who's on vacation can just check in and say hi during the passing of the peace and then check out, you know, and not actually thinking of the live stream as a way of doing actual worship. Like, I, I think that there was a, like a theological piece missing of like, this is auxiliary. This isn't real, which is often how, um, often how honestly older people that I know, um, think of social media as if it's not real, like, Oh, online friendship isn't real friendship or online connection isn't real connection. And or, I, or online community isn't faithful community. Yeah. Yeah. And like this, the, like this somehow doesn't count. Yes. And you know, yeah, I would love to be in person with people. Like there's, it was so strange yesterday, um, interacting with people at uh, such a great distance. And I kind of have a big bubble, but like we were having big bubbles and it just felt really, really odd. I didn't give a hug to a single person at church. I had no physical contact with anybody the whole, whole time I was there. Um, cause we, we didn't cancel. It was tiny, tiny service, but, and everything's canceled now. But, um, it was just really strange, you know, in, in, in that in-person way, but back to the whole social media thing and online worship, like, you know, we are the church regardless of whether we are in person. I, I think of like the whole concept of like, like, well, what does it mean to be the church, you know, Christians in all places at all times. And that doesn't even mean right now, the church is Christians at all places at all times. And yeah, that can mean like this Sunday at 11 AM, but that can also be like literally like at all times. You know? Right. At, at, at two in the morning when you can't sleep and mm -hmm. you're sitting in front of your computer and you could click on a service mm -hmm. and, and worship for maybe the first time in a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I think that maybe, maybe when we think about folks who are not at, who, like a church member type person who's not at church on a Sunday, we think, well, that's because, you know, they're making a choice to do something different. You know, they're, they're golfing. <laughs> they're, they're on vacation. They're, they're at the lake house. They're, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. I don't know. I'm always at church. I wouldn't know. But <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're reading the New York times while having a cup of coffee. Yeah. Right. They, they've got a croissant. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that for now, for the time that we are in, people are actually looking for that spiritual community because, oh my God, we are so anxious right now. And anxious people want some spiritual consolation. Right. And anxious people do crazy things if they don't have some something that's grounding them. Uh, a couple of other opportunities that, that I think about related to this. Uh, it, my, my associate pastor and I have been having conversation about well, she's not my associate pastor. My staff colleague and I have been having conversation about 
the need for another niched worship service. And, and our conversation to this point had been, oh, we would do it on a weeknight. So it would be a different time. And, and my, sh- my thinking is shifting again on the fly that, yeah, we still need this service, but I think this service needs to be completely online. Uh, and, oh, and that there, there may then be some physical component to bring community together at some point, but, but to start this new service, it's going to be much more effective in reaching out to the folks we're thinking we would be designing it for mm-hmm. if it starts online. Wow. So that, that's, I think that's fantastic. And to me, that's also kind of radical. Um, I'm just that radical kind of guy. No, <laughs> no I, I love it though. Cause I think that especially for those of us in smaller churches or mainland churches or just, you know, further away from like, I don't know, non-denominational evangelical areas where um, maybe media and it's a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> Much better understood and utilized. Yeah right? yeah. right. We have a lot to learn on, on our side of things, but it's such a different way of thinking about like, what could that, what could that worship be? And that was a big community meeting. That's right. The other piece that I want to lift up is um, in conversation with church leaders, we know we're going to continue to need to keep our governance structure in place, but we're going to be moving to Zoom meetings probably yes. or some some form thereof. And, and I think that's great and will open up technology to a lot of people in ways that they weren't anticipating. But then it also begins to create challenges because we have bylaws and polity documents that say, oh, you you can only do electronic meetings in certain ways, or or votes only count if people are in the same room and uh, can talk to each other uh, before they vote. Um, and, and so suddenly our polity is going to be pushed, yeah. our, our, our comfort levels with how church governance works is going to be pushed. And I think these are good steps, but there's going to be some ripples that run through how not only how we do things, but how we can legally do things depending on how binding the documents that guide a particular church are. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What a strange time we are in. It is. Amen. Yes. Surreal. Surreal is it. Hey, do you want to run through just a couple strategies? We were chatting sure. beforehand and there were just a couple things that came up that I thought, Oh, we need to mention this. I think we have like, like three. Um, one is this idea of seamless filming versus storyboard. You want to talk about your experience this last week? So, so we, we, when we put a service together yesterday morning and, and uh, our intention was to send it out pretty quickly, we filmed uh, a service in sequence, uh, kind of just a shortened version of our normal service and filmed it. I think there was about 28 minutes of film. And, and and mostly in a row, we stopped a couple of places and had to re-record a couple of things uh, because a microphone didn't pick up or something like that. And um, what we found is that trying to do it all together just made for a horrendous editing process and and difficulty in then putting a finished document forward. And and our tech people were saying, oh, next week we need to just film particular segments and knit them together. Mm-hmm. It yes. will be much easier to have shorter pieces of data to fit together into a whole than trying to take a whole big piece of data and mess with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're thinking about this in terms of planning, like if you're in your, you know, your office meeting or you're, you're meeting by Zoom, you can just think about, 
um, like putting it up on a whiteboard, like a storyboard, um, instead of just like having thinking of the service as like a seamless kind of flow. Think of it as a scenes. Yes. And, and just record those scenes and, and get it to the point where you like it and say that's your final copy and go on to the next scene. And I think it's worth noting, like, depending on where you are, if you and your staff team or you, it might just be you, um, decide that you can't um, record in person, there's nothing stopping people from, you know, using their laptop, using their phone to record, say, the children's time, to record the music, to record something like that. And then, you know, uploading to a shared service and then who's ever in charge of making the video, knitting them together from that. Like, even if you are in the different locations, you can still you can still put something together. Correct. Correct. Another idea that we, we had, we haven't exercised it yet. Um, but we talked about, should we have a children's time in the service? Mm -hmm. And and we chose not to yesterday because we just wanted to see how one service would work. But, but even beyond just a children's time, we thought, what if our educator, what if we we, the pastoral staff, worked with our educator and put together a seven to ten minute family service so that it, it might be in the form of an extended children's sermon, but it would also just be uh, something more briefly focused for our families. That oh, I love they that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think we'll have a family sit with us through a whole, you know, even a half hour of service yeah. or, or, or traditional hymns. Um, you know, so we're going to play with that. So I, I want to put in a, a vote for the, for the children's hymn, We Are the Church. So I feel like there are many children, at least the, the ones who are used to going to church on Sunday, who are going to be like, what does it mean to be worshiping in this kind of way? Like, what even, what is the church, mama? That kind of thing. And that that little song, we are the church. I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. The church is not. All who follow Jesus all across the world. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but you can also the, find the it. The church is not a building. The yeah. church is not a steeple. The yeah, church right? is not a resting place. The church is the... People, Yay. you know, this is actually a new one to me. I did not grow up with this, with this song. Oh, um, I've, I've learned it in the last like three months from one of the nursery ladies. I love it. I learned it in my first call because ah, um, we used to sing it together before Sunday school started. So two, two more things. One, one is for kids. Um, something that we're going to be doing for all of these children who are at home and whose parents are pulling their hair out. We're going to be enlisting them. And this includes my own kid enlisting them to send cards to older folks in the congregation because mm-hmm. um, you know it gives some purpose to their art activity some purpose to getting that glitter out whatever other horrible thing Not my glitter. Wants no to do. glitter <laughs> we do no glitter, glue. Glitter. glitter glue is a little <laughs> bit less messy um and we have lots of glue on the way because we are making slime in the next few days because i'm <laughs> i am being strategic about this, <laughs> this time. <laughs> but but for real like you know giving you know, sharing through your parent list or whatever, sharing a list of, of names and addresses because a lot of people aren't going to be able to find their church director or whatever. I like so that. Like, hey, you've got your kids home and they need something to do. And you know what? They Let them send a card to the, the their Sunday school teacher, to the nursery lady, to, you know, whoever, whoever it is that they know and have that connection to, or maybe someone that they don't know. And, you know, people would love to get that kind of thing. That's right. That'd be lovely. And then the last thing, and this is, uh, I think, more, more for you, Bill, is doing a daily devotional video. Like, I, I'm not sure if we'll be doing daily devotions at the church where I work, but I will be posting hymns every day. Like, I'm actually, again, I'll put this in the show notes. Later on, um, this is we're recording on Monday. This will go up on Tuesday. But later on today on Monday, I'll have up hymns for a fearful time. I have almost 100 hymns um, going up to help church musicians, um, you know, because 
we're kind of panicked right now and feeling like, oh, what should what should I be choosing? What should I program? Well, here's a nice curated list. Oh, Probably something list. that Luther wrote in the plague years. Yeah, right. Actually, now think we all are God. That's written. Yeah. Because, you know, it is yeah. all of my soul. It's like all these songs written after someone's spouse or children died. And, um, but tell us, tell us, Bill, what y'all are thinking about. With the well, I, I just, I, it's just an idea. I've, I've seen that another church is going to do this, but again, thinking about folks that are isolated, that are shut in, that are dealing with some level of fear. Uh, if, if one of the pastors records a very brief, you know, five minutes or less little devotion mm-hmm. with a prayer um, and, and just says, Hey, we're thinking of you. Yeah. And we, and we push that out every day that that can be on Facebook live or did, did, or just a website. Right. Right. And send a link. Um, I think it's going to encourage us to communicate with our congregation more Yes. And in different ways than we have yeah. utilized all these tools in the past. The challenge is going to be how capable are our 70 and 80 and 90 year olds uh, in receiving this technology? Um, do they have the tools? Are they familiar with the tools? I think more in that age population are familiar mm-hmm. with these tools than we think. The question is, do they know how to use them? Yeah, especially if if it's a video that's hosted on, say, the church website, you don't even have to have YouTube on your phone to watch that, and yeah. that's yeah. like as basic as basic as it can go. Yeah, and so, and we know we've got to make it as simple to use as we can, mm-hmm. yeah. so it can be effective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oof, that's a lot. And 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 you know we can't stress enough uh, nimbleness. Yeah, right. Uh, not just because we we like this title, but because that's what these times require yes, and and the, the the church is invited to step into um this mess because it really is a mess and and try to thrive not just for its future but to thrive because that's what jesus invites us to do mm-hmm. on behalf of others amen amen i think we should leave it right there that's a okay and, and ending with truth and not with panic is always a good thing <laughs> <laughs> what a thought that's it for this week's installment of getting to nimble and we should mention we're recording this on the we're recording this on march 16th march 16th so um if information has changed by the time you're listening to that you know keep this in mind um look for our new episodes on the first and third tuesdays of the month you can find show notes for our podcast at sarah-bereza b-e-r-e-z-a dot com and if you're enjoying the show or finding some comfort and utility in the show in this crazy time, uh, share it with your ministry buddies. This is a very strange time. And if you feel like this would be helpful for them, you know, link it to them in an email, share it on Facebook. We would appreciate that. And I think probably some of your ministry friends would appreciate that also. And, and let us know what you're doing creatively to deal with the times, what the things you're, uh, the ways in which you're trying to be nimble, because we're interested and we'd like to yeah. talk more about these things with one another and, and with you all and share it more broadly. Amen. I'm Bill Smoots. And I'm Sarah Bariza. Until next time, keep it nimble, but keep it legal. <laughs> <laughs>